0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. It's a Wednesday night. It's the practice report brought to you by Byers Auto. Ohio State just a couple days away from hosting Miami of Ohio. The last uh, non-conference tune-up before Big Ten play. And gosh, you can just feel the energy in here, Tim, can't yeah, you?
1: Yeah, you can. You can feel the anticipation. That's what I'm feeling.
0: All right, that's Tim May. This is Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. Uh, guys, it's uh, been another, I don't know, this one's been maybe the quietest week so far. I'm not sure that there's been a whole lot to learn about these Buckeyes because you know they've cruised through three weeks. They're a huge 40-point uh, favorite, I think now, maybe on some books. Hmm. Um, this is going to be it's one of those games you just get through. One the
1: have ever been. I mean, you know, I'm trying to think of when they were bigger, or maybe against Florida A&M or something like that. But uh, this is this is outlandish, actually. I, I think
0: it's a little bit of a sign that. I don't know, tell me if I'm wrong here, the the polls haven't changed, Ohio State's still sitting at number six, but I feel like there's sort of a change in perception with this team from week one that people were were holding out about Justin Fields and Ryan Day was a first-year head coach and didn't know if the defense was going to actually turn around, but I can just—I just have this sense that the coverage has changed. That yeah. people are starting to believe around the country that this team is legit.
1: Yeah, no, and that everybody's remembering last week. You know, what, they were—they were 18-point favorite in the final analysis, and they won by 41. <laughs> so uh, they can—I can I could see the 40-point difference between them and Miami of Ohio, which took a lead on Cincinnati the other day, and then uh, they didn't fold the tent, but the tent got run over by the uh, stampede, and—and uh, and it was, you know. It was, They had nothing for Cincinnati in the second half. But uh, I understand the differential there. But as you well know, and Burmanology, you know this, I mean, they want to get this game in hand so they can rest some guys and, you know, not not put guys in jeopardy because uh, big tests are coming.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting if you just watch, and to your point, I think that We've sort of seen this turning of the tide that basically there's six teams right now throughout the country that everybody thinks are the good teams in the country and everyone else is just mediocre, right? (laughs) Ohio State is now in that top six team discussion. And I think when you have the three SEC teams and then Georgia or and then Oklahoma and Clemson and Ohio State, everyone else is pretty much just eh okay. I think it's interesting. I haven't heard in the two days that we've been here this week has anybody mentioned the word Miami of Ohio? Like, <laughs> well, is, we've tried. No, but, but no, nope, it, it is. It's one of those games where you you want to say, well, don't overlook any opponent, but we're overlooking opponents and that's fine because Ohio State goes to Nebraska a week from now and what Tim just said is incredibly important they have to get to that game with nobody else missing time yeah. get some guys back CJ Saunders was back on the field tonight it looked like mm-hmm. practicing maybe he's back for Nebraska Jonathan Cooper should be back you know we don't we still don't know what's up with Tyreek Smith but I think the key this weekend is get out of Ohio Stadium healthy, with a, a easy, comfortable win, and then and then turn the focus entirely to the Big Ten. Yeah,
1: just think if they ever had uh, two two defensive ends <laughs> who were who could play from one week to the next. I'm talking about you know Chase Young has been, has been playing every every snap he can, but uh, the other side has been just a uh, just a revolving door, and yet they're still. I mean, we're talking about this defense like I mean it. The way it's going, it could be one of those historic defenses the other way for right. Ohio State, whereas last year's was the historic defense way over there. So, uh, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm just curious to see where this defense is going to go because I don't think it's playing its best ball yet. Well, that's
0: an interesting sort of, I don't know, dilemmas. is maybe not the right word to him, but you don't have Jonathan Cooper. Tyreek Smith misses, misses the whole second half at Indiana. Javante John Baptiste is out there, gets his first career sack. Zach Harrison goes out there, looks like a five-star, gets his first career yeah. sack. Tyler Friday... First sack of this season, second career sack, but another guy who's sort of being thrown into a a much larger role. And you, you know, I thought in week one there actually was a drop off when you got down to four, five, six on the defensive end line. You weren't imagining it. But those guys are growing up so quickly, and that, I mean, that's got to be scary if you're the rest of the Big Ten because that doesn't just help the depth this year of a national title contender, but. There's no slowing down for Larry Johnson and the yeah. Rushman.
1: I mean, you know, we talked about this the other day. Indiana's only shot was to score points. <laughs> Seriously, because Ohio well, State was going to score Is that how it works? <laughs> yeah. But you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, score buku points. They weren't going to slow them down. Yeah. And we've seen Indiana score buku points on these guys right. in the last few years. But, you know, when, when you take that out of – I mean – we saw what you know, what you could expect when you've got a defense playing at the level this defense is. I mean, the, the speed they're playing with. I mean, Chase Young coming off the edge, uh, Devon Hamilton up the gut, uh, uh, the way uh, Pete Werner is firing on the edges. I mean, it's crazy how much better that guy is compared to this time a year ago. And Jeffrey Okuda, I mean, he's he's his own highlight reel right now. And uh, if you ever get an interception, look out. And you know, and Damon Arnett, all he does is. Is a uh, jump into the history books on Saturday, and uh, you, you, I don't know if y'all agree. Maybe you do. Bermanology. He's a much different player than he was a year ago.
2: Defense is all about confidence in yes. this team, and I, to me, I think back to the, the Indiana game. Looking back at that, uh, when I rewatched it, the first drive of the game for Indiana, Chase Young dropped into coverage and sniffed out a screen, a little bubble screen, and just a limit, just totally eliminated a player who was thought that they were going to have a couple you know four or five yard gain and he ends up losing two and it's at that moment when when you have a six foot five 275 pound defensive end guarding a wide receiver and it's a mismatch yeah. <laughs> you have a, a really special group of uh, athletic talents and the Buckeyes have that and I think that you know a, as you mentioned they're just starting to figure out who they all are and Damon Arnett is a player that has had three defensive back three cornerbacks coaches in the last three years it's hard for these guys to figure out exactly who they are when there's no consistency and I think that we've seen Jeff Halfley and Matt Barnes and, and, and Greg Madison come in and really just allow them to do what they do best and for a guy like Damon Arnett even though he's not healthy right now playing with the cast on his hand, he's made play after play in these first three weeks.
1: Imagine Damon Arena, he was going to he 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 was pretty much done. I mean, he oh, was yeah. gone. He was completely out the door. And uh, was headed to the NFL. He was coming back to pick up his dog. That's exactly. He, he
0: flew from the Rose Bowl to Dallas to pick out an apartment to live yeah. at so that he could train for the NFL draft. And
1: now he's being coached by an NFL coach. <laughs> I mean, and he's 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 playing like yeah, an NFL quarterback. He's sopping quarterback. up like cornbread, you know, in, in, in turnip green corn. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite uh, dish, by the way, turnip greens and cornbread. I mean, he's he is sopping. And you can see him playing with just on another level. Right. You know, and man, Josh Proctor, man, he had his hands on a couple of balls. We'll see what happens. Well, he didn't. Just, well yeah, one hit him in, one the, in face the face. Mask. You're exactly interesting,
0: right. at, interesting note here, Tim, just to your point there on the practice report brought to you by Byers Auto. One of the last guys on the field, solo over there. I just walked, tap, catch him out of the corner of my eye. On the jugs machine josh proctor uh getting that extra work today he yeah. knows the opportunity that he missed on saturday because that's that's how you get more playing time yes. you get a chance to make plays and that's how you make the other player look good. that
2: i saw coming in last out of practice today was master teague number 33 so ladies and gentlemen to see those guys who were obviously both young guys getting some key reps and master teague says mm-hmm. sort of blown up now and as far as ohio state fans wondering who the heck this guy is yeah. To see him out here, it's a hot day in Columbus right now, and to see him being the last guy, I mean, I'm talking 25, 30 minutes after everyone else came in, yeah. he was still in pads and, and, and finishing up his work.
0: If yeah. you saw my tweet, I actually—I called Josh Proctor the last guy on the practice field. That actually wasn't true. I can't correct the record. There's no edit button. Master Teague was the last one. So, last defensive player on the field. Yeah. Uh, and I know that Tim's been excited about Josh Proctor well, for no, a while.
1: Well, I, I just think sooner or later this year he's going to, you're going to see the explosion. I mean, you saw it in the first game, really. I mean, yep. a hint of what's coming. And But, you know, there are a lot of guys playing really well right now the least of which is Jordan Fuller yeah but uh, when Jeffrey Okuda came all the way across and still almost hit the tackle the tight end going into the end zone on the one play that that Indiana snookered Ohio State on the other day and I was gonna point out while Bermanology was talking a while ago uh, I was waiting for him to get done with his point but you jumped in there what, what, what that play was indicative of though was teams are scouting this defense now because they took advantage of the fact that Tyreek Smith, who was in there for uh, Chase Young, dropped out into coverage for a wide screen, ended up being a wide screen. No, it wasn't a wide screen. It was a throwback to the uh, receiver who threw the ball downfield to a wide open tight end. So now this defense has to be wary that people are catching up to their run-to-the-ball aspect.
0: And, and I think that they will. You look at what Greg oh, Madison sure. and Jeff Hafley were doing. They, well, Al
1: Washington even said, I mean, that,
0: you very learn from base. that when you move on. Well, they've been so yeah. base in their in – their scheme, vanilla with their approach, eventually they're going to get more elaborate, but let's talk about the offense a little bit. Uh, I chased uh, Justin Fields into the hallway yesterday to ask this question because people were, you know, you look at Saturday, where did he miss? He missed high. So I used that sports analogy, Tim. I said, I, my miss in the golf swing, if I miss, it's going left. Mm-hmm. That's just where it is. I said, is your miss high? And my he miss said, is
1: all over the place, but <laughs> go ahead now.
0: He said, no. I mean, he doesn't feel like that, uh, his mechanics lend it to going high. It was just a one day sort of thing. He, uh, the footwork wasn't perfect. And he had a couple that were in different arm angles and he, he, he just sort of made the point that he didn't have to say it, but he was hinting that he's just in his third start. Right. He saw a little bit of pressure. He hasn't got a ton of reps on some of these
1: throws imagine imagine this you're a starting pitcher in the in 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 major leagues and you're a little you're a little bit high on your first because you're dropping your elbow you shouldn't be pitching if you're high i used to (laughs) yeah but you know what i'm saying oh maybe in colorado let's say they're (laughs) playing in colorado right but i mean you you know the old thing i used to help coach a little you know people or travel team you drop your elbow the ball's going to go right but here's the thing and then people are ripping him on his footwork. Well, his footwork wasn't here, and it wasn't whatever. Okay, you can go out to the pitching mound and tell that guy A, B, C, and D. In football, you're doing, trying to do all this while these 300-pound, 250-pound hog mollies are coming after you, <laughs> trying to hit you as hard as they can and knock you out of the game. I mean, you know, uh, I think you're seeing his confidence grow from week to week in, in what he sees in the offense, yeah. what he's seeing on the defensive side. There are going to be days – when Tom Brady is inaccurate. Right. I mean, uh, but the thing was, I think I thought he got his act together for the most part as that day went on the other day. I'm talking about Justin Fields.
2: Yeah. Well, people demand perfection out of everything right. that happens at Ohio State. And with but, the replay now. Right. I mean, they, you can watch it over and over. And I think if you do watch it over and over, you do see what Justin was saying, which was there were times when he was throwing from a weird arm angle. Sure. He's on the move. He's got Chris Olave running across the middle of the field, and he's stepping one way and throwing. And it's not mm-hmm. ideal if you're a quarterback to, to be point. throwing on the run and throwing from down by your. Your waist. I mean, he's a guy that is going to be better if he's standing in the pocket and is able to take his three-step drop and and, and fire. And that's what he's done. You saw the touchdown, the, f- the first touchdown to Olave. It was a perfectly thrown ball. I mean, you could exactly. not you could not ask for a better ball. And that's because he had time to set and throw and and, and unload. And when he and does that, was the
1: second one to Olave, Olave kind of got hung up with the defender. He still might have run under that one. You right? know, I mean, there's, a, there's something to be said for throwing a ball out there that can either be caught by your guy or nobody.
0: And I guess. To Burm's point, the comparison he made was that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is sort of the king of that off-platform throw. That's what he pointed to. Yeah. Some of the quarterbacks, coaches Baker that he's worked Mayfield. with, Quincy Avery. Yeah. That's their big thing is, and Dwayne Haskins did this too. Like when things are not perfect, being able to make that throw. And yes, he missed some against Indiana, but he also came back and made a really good one. That's sort of underrated, I think, the second touchdown to Dobbins. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was a tight window on the move, going to his right. I mean, the guy. I don't know how you really complain about it. But. Well, Dobbs either caught that or the ball was going to, have to be <laughs> it was, removed from his shirt because
1: yeah. it was in there.
0: All right, what else did, we, did you learn, Sam, this week Was we wind it down here on the practice well, I, I learned
1: that the offensive line is getting more and more confidence as it goes. Uh, we expect this line to be, you know, a lot of people were questioning when we were talking about whether they could be as mm-hmm. good or better than last year's. I think we're seeing it right in front of you come to fruition, uh, right in front of your eyes, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm really – uh, extremely impressed by the rise of the tight end group. I know we had a few of them out here to talk today, but I mean, Jeremy Ruckert had a key block on Master Tig the Third's uh, 40-yard touchdown run, and he's the only one of the tight ends I think that didn't grade <laughs> a champion. So they're getting the grading's pretty tough there in Kevin Wilson's room. But that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a, a team that's only scratching the surface of of ways it can go offensively.
2: Burn. Yeah, I mean, the thing all week that we've heard is have to still improve, have to still improve. Ohio State, obviously, and we talked about it after the game in Bloomington, it was about as good a game as you could ask for this Ohio State team to play. And every single guy we talked to, to a man, was they have to get better, they have to get better. It's not enough. And they know that because they've had these runs in the last few years where you start the season feeling invincible, and then all of a sudden you – Crap your pants essentially. <laughs> wow,
1: well, I didn't know you could say that. Yes. I'm a buyer's auto uh, hey, sponsored hey, this, show, but I'm, I'm it's after you. dark here. I totally oh, understand right. your question. So, I, mean,
2: uh, I think that there What an
1: interesting practice
2: you certainly cannot have that happen again, and they know what's on at, at stake, and yeah. there is no no chance that there's gonna Let be, be complacency to setting in here.
1: This, this team, the my overall take from Saturday, I agree with Urban Meyer. They were dominating both lines of both yeah. sides of the line of scrimmage and playing at another level on the special teams, when you do that, you've got a chance Good against, luck to you. Yep. against anybody, and I'm talking about one, two, three, not necessarily just people in the Big Ten.
0: Yep, you're absolutely right about that. Uh, probably going to continue, I would I would wager, on Saturday against Miami of Ohio. Uh, Letterman Row, of course, will have full coverage of that the next couple days leading up to it, and obviously on Saturday at the Horseshoe, we will be there at 3.30. That's Tim May. This is Berm. I'm Austin Ward. This has been the Practice Report brought to you by Buyers Auto.